Democracy, Socialism, and Fascism Explained. This is a discussion on democracy, socialism, and fascism, how they're related, and why they are a continuous um, start again and why S start over three <coughs> two one democracy socialism and fascism explained this is a discussion on the relationship between the three ideas. Democracy is the power of the people expressed through an electoral process. It is not individual power. It is power of the people as a collective. This same power is experienced in markets as demand, but also is seen in mobs. A popular singer or actor or product can make large amounts of money through the multiplication of a particular choice by many people, all choosing to do or have the same thing. Millions buy the same product, vote for the same person, or support the same program. Democracy depends on a substantial number of people all wanting the same outcome. Democracy is the idea that the will of the people can be expressed through a system of voting that compresses the choices of many individuals into a single, discrete choice. This embodies the will of the people in an elected official. The people's choice could be a singing idol, a sports team, or a political representative. It depends on the system of voting used. Democracy is a method for transferring the will of the people in an orderly way using ballots to determine a representative. This choice could only be made known otherwise through mob violence. Socialism is democracy taken one step further. In socialism, the voice of the people demands the representative represent the majority will. The socialist politician does not represent the nation so much as a political ideology and its polity, its supporters. A socialist believes the collective owns the resources, or at least has ultimate authority over the nation's resources. The socialist politician does not represent the will of the people in the absolute, but the will of the majority, the voters that voted for the party. He or she feels he or she has been given a mandate to benefit his or her constituents, even at the expense of the nation or the totality of the people. Socialist politicians use what the nation has for collective ends to benefit the many, but not the few. Fascists go even further. To some degree, a fascist rejects the cries of the many. Fascists do not cater to an actual constituency so much as an ideal person. The socialist responds to the masses by providing benefits to individuals as members of a group or preferred groups. There are no groups in fascism. 
there is only the nation and those outside of the nation. The nation is the concern of a fascist. Fascists not only think governments ought to benefit the collective in its manifestations of the state, but they also believe this ought to represent the attitude of all persons within the state. This tends to mean political elites work to give the state more power so the state can continue to enforce its ideal image of the nation on the people. Fascism gives the collective an identity and uses the resources of the nation to promote the national identity. More importantly, they actively oppose individuality as individuality does not reflect the national identity. This is why fascists always favor the military. Fascists require personality be subsumed under the collective identity of the state. We can view democracy, socialism and fascism as a process or points along a continuum. The mob chooses a voice, that is, someone to speak for them. The voice collectivizes or merges the body politic into one identity, and fascism takes this and gives the collective persona the identity of the state and gives the state agency to remake the people into its own image. Fascism is the will of the people transformed into a collective power. The power is exercised by the people, if permitted, as a kind of euphoric drug. Fascism is the final stage of an addiction that begins with democracy. Democracy hides an, agen an agenda and a dirty little secret. Imagine 20 persons adrift in a lifeboat. A good illustration that we can use would be the captain and officers of the bounty after the mutineers had set them adrift. It is said no other man could have done what Captain Bly did, but he did not ask anyone's advice on what to do, nor did he take a vote on what ought to be done. Democracy would have caused the 4,000-mile voyage in an open boat with 18 souls to end in tragedy. This absolutism might be excused on the ground that Bly had special knowledge. He was an expert seaman and navigator, and this is true. However, it is not argued that we are all on lifeboat earth. If democracy works so well, why do not companies operate using democracy as the favored administrative model? Why is it only in cases where the risk of bad choices can be distributed over the entire group that democracy is permitted? And why is this limited application limited further to votes that are not life and death decisions? Imagine buying a large island and inviting 20 people to join you. These guests are destitute. They came to create a new life at your expense. You have your home gardens and all the toys and amenities to give you and your family a comfortable life. It is a large island and you have invited others to share in your good fortune, but not to take what you have created for yourself. Do you then give everyone an equal vote in how to govern the island and how to share out what the island contains? 
even if democracy is allowed for choices impacting only the guests, the landowner would ensure his property is constitutionally inviolable and inalienable. Democracy can only pertain to what exists. Democracies can vote to give what exists to one person or to the other. It cannot give what does not exist to anyone. The power belongs to an office, can be awarded an individual, but it cannot award good health. A vote can decide to share land that exists or apply the labor available to one project rather than another. Votes do not create more land or water. Democracy can do mo no more as a collective voice than what an individual voice can do. This is why democracy is always limited in scope. Indeed, this is why democracy is never universalized. Originally, democracy was a group of rich guys deciding what kind of mutual products would benefit them most. The landowners or the voters in Greece or Athens decided what to pay for because they were the ones paying the cost. This same situation was primarily the, what existed in England in the early days of democracy. The landowner paid the costs and they made took the vote. Democracy can only vote to allocate what exists because democracy consists of people voting what to do with what exists. We have noted that democracy unleashed deteriorates into socialism and then into fascism. There is a reason for that. First, we must note that all wealth is formed by individuals. Building a boat will take a cooperative effort, but each person does his or her own work. The result of the collective effort is a boat, but the work was always performed by individuals. Think of a field that is planted by some, tended by others, and reaped by still others. Each person has performed part of the task. Theoretically, each person deserves a share of the crop equal to the value of the labor he or she provided. But ought a vote be held to decide how much each person gets of the crops harvested? Ought the vote to include everyone in the community, whether they provided labor or not? This, then, is the dirty secret of democracy. A vote by itself is meaningless unless someone has provided the Democrats something to vote on. But other than physical power, what gives the group the authority to vote on the allocation of what was produced by someone else? This is why democracy so easily erodes into socialism and then into fascism. Democracy is inherently unjust. If the goods to be shared are many, and the people contributing to the pool of goods large, then the vote may appear to have legitimacy. 
as the amounts of goods declines that are to be shared, and the number of people who want to share but have failed to contribute anything, the more likely socialism, socialism will emerge, and then fascism, as the freeloader attempts to gain sufficient power to gain a share of what they did not contribute anything to. Indeed, in one sense, if those who divide the pie are the ones who made the pie, democracy is based on cooperativism. Cooperatives may be unwieldy, as organizations go, but it is the only in a cooperative that democracy can maintain a reasonable degree of legitimacy. The more freeloaders there are, the more people after what others have produced who want to share in what they did nothing to contribute to, the less legitimacy democracy has.